Hello and welcome to How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin. And my name is Emmanuel Penkless. Emmanuel, how good is it to be back? Uh, we are here again. <laughs> there is there is a bit of news this week, so we figured we would drop the gimmicks and just give you, you know, a rugby league like in the moment related podcast that doesn't uh, revolve around us trying to pick teams that mean absolutely nothing. And we're actually going to get into some news this week. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Emmanuel, uh, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so um, I'm going to start firstly with a lesson to myself. Don't begin a podcast with lock in a date during a pandemic because it completely backfires and what was true on a Wednesday night is completely wrong on a Thursday morning. So um, we're recording this on a Wednesday night now. And just in case something happens between now and tomorrow, in that time, Hugh Marks put out, the CEO of Channel 9 put out a blistering statement, absolutely um, going off at the game, firstly for its mismanagement and incompetence of its finances, its lack of leadership um, and the failure to consult with the broadcasters in relation to the Project Apollo Committee. And basically, everything going on really stems from this point. As we know, Channel 9 is the primary broadcaster. They have had the rights now to rugby league in some shape or form for 28 years. They host Origin. They have three matches a week. And everything really stems from their publicity of the game. They are one of the game's major backers at the moment. The game needs money. Um, Channel 9 is a media company in a market where advertisers are struggling to make money. Channel 9 actually released a statement to um, the ASX last week or the week before saying that they could save 130 mil if league was not on this year. So there's a lot at stake as a result of this. Um, then, as you know, Corbs, uh, Peter Volandis met with um, Hugh Marks yesterday. They had a discussion. And notably, Todd Greenberg was absent from that meeting. But... Everything stems out of the fact the NRL came out with this idea last Wednesday, which we spoke about on the podcast. And then on Thursday, Channel 9 sort of, you know, threw the nuclear bomb in and said, we're not, we have no idea what's going on, really. Yeah, look, when we were taught, when we were hearing about this project, Apollo, we just assumed that the broadcasters would be involved in these discussions. We knew that there'd be a team of people uh, in within the NRL, but you'd, like I said, you would assume that the broadcasters would have some input because they're the ones who are going to have to be putting this project, putting this product out there. You know, they're going to be the ones who are going to have to televise this. And little to our knowledge, the NRL uh, did not consult Channel Nine, and that's where this really blew up. It's just the lack of communication between the two bodies, and I have to, I have to say that the NRL is at fault here. The fact that you're not communicating with your broadcasters, this plan to get the season up and running and you're saying, oh, we're going to cut half the games and Origin's going to be this and, you know, we might restart the points. All this stuff, it just, it, none, none, of it was, none of it was discussed with the broadcasters and it's just stupid, really, really stupid. And it shows how mismanaged this game has been for, you know, the last 10, 15 years. It's, it's a slide in the game. And like you said, Todd Greenberg's head is on the chopping block at the moment. I think this was the this might be the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of his job security. And yeah, a lot of the talks going forward have been with Peter Volandis and not uh, not involving Todd Greenberg. 
Yeah, some of the discussion that's been around since the um, bombshell from Hugh Marks last week has been around the current structure of the rights. Exclusivity in sport seems to be a major talking point at the moment. You know, Channel 9 gave up the cricket and signed a bumper deal with um, the Australian Tennis Australia, Tennis Australia, um, in which they got all the access to everything over the summer, the digital rights, they cover everything, every sporting competition. There is no simulcast of this. Um, and I think this is, seems to be the direction that Nine wants to take this in. There, there is no value for them in this competition, um, broadcasting this competition, if everything is simulcast, even up until, even finals, up until the grand final, all being simulcast on Fox. Um, and so I think renegotiating the deal just seems like a really logical option for all parties involved. The league wants money. The league wants a bit of certainty. If they could extend the contract for a few more years, I don't think it's that bad for rugby league either. Um, they were talking about a year ago about getting global players like your Netflix or your um, YouTubes um, to be broadcasting rugby league. Given the state of um, you know the global economy and how things are at the moment, I just don't think that's feasible. Just stick with what you know. Um, renegotiate a deal, get the head of Fox, get the head of Nine in and just sort it out, I think would be the best option for all involved. Yeah, the the whole going to uh, other sources of broadcasting like YouTube or Netflix, even places like Twitter, which have been used to stream games of the like in the NFL, uh, the, the reason for that is it gives you a broader market. You know, people aren't, People overseas, obviously, it's shown on overseas channels, but they're niche markets. Whereas if you put it on a product like YouTube or Twitter, it's easily accessible to everyone. And given the whole nature of the cord, like the cord cutting world that we live in, and everyone's now consuming stuff on their tablets or their phones, and not as many people sit down in front of TVs, I understand trying to investigate other forms of ways to get your product out there. But the NRL have bigger issues at the moment than. They need to figure out what they're doing this year before they can start looking elsewhere. And you need to please your main, the, the main, your main source of income, basically. Yeah. But, and like, this is the, the huge problem is that we've had this project Apollo and it's come out and the big announcement about the return date and what's going to happen. We're a week from this and we still don't really know the structure of this competition. Even after the project has happened, we don't know. Are we running a full comp? Are we running to November, December? Is it two conferences? And the way players have responded to this, which we will discuss, and clubs as well, it doesn't seem like anyone really knows what's going on. Yeah, everything seems like it's been really kept under wraps. And like I said, there is a bit of a lack of communication. And that's the issue. Obviously, they wanted to get this date out to build up some hype around the game. That May 28 date is obviously this date where they think that uh, the you know the current circumstance that we're in the COVID night like this you know this pan this global pandemic might settle down and we might be able to get some football in the park and this is this is what they've discussed with health officials and whatnot and you know the New South Wales Premier uh, the vice the New South Wales Vice Premier specifically so yeah I understand like yeah it it just seems like there's a whole lack of communication going on everywhere and. I'm not. I'm not sure. We're, we're not sure what's going on. No one's sure what's going on. All we have is a start date, and like you said, yeah, we don't know what the competition's going to look like, and it's confusing a lot of people. And yeah, it seems like a and lot of I people are getting angry is, over it. 
Oh, and a hundred percent. And like, this is the, if you, in the last week we've had, as you said, the deputy premier of New South Wales support it. The prime minister has said it's um, the NRL it's, is ambitious about it. And then you had Anastasia Palaszczuk come out and say, she doesn't want her Queensland origin players going south of the border. And so if we have three different responses from government and you've got 16 clubs and you've got two broadcasters and you've got a chairman and a CEO of the NRL who don't disagree, who don't agree, why, and there's so many mixed messages coming out of this, why are we actually bothering having these leaks daily? And I get it that these broadcasters need to fill content, but it's just, it's a, it's a bit of a shit show. Yeah bit of a farce if you ask me and i don't know whether i don't know when we're going to get a resolution but it has to be soon you know that may 28 date is creeping up on us every week and if they don't get their act together soon then there won't be a product to put on and that's just going to piss people off even more yeah and but and i preempting it it just seems so stupid i mean we don't even know when people are going back to school we don't know when anything is reopening so why are we coming out every second week with a date and origin's going to be here and this is what's going to happen and we're going to be based here it just it i get the publicity around it but it reeks of unprofessionalism again yeah agreed completely agree and we did mention that a lot of this is down to the mismanagement of the nrl todd greenberg uh head has been on the chopping block for years now you know there's always been the the last few years there's always been the question of do we relocate a team do we open up a new team and he hasn't had the answer to that and the broadcasts are getting a bit fed up with it and now this you know this circumstance has been dropped on him you know something that it could was unforeseen like he couldn't have prepared for but the league's finances are an absolute mess the front office of the NRL is very deep in staff and you know the the funds that are given to them has just been completely mismanaged and it looks like I, I can't see him making it making it out this year with his job. What do you think? No, I think it I think the fact that the meeting was between the CEO of nine and the chair of the NRL. I understand that the CEO of the NRL, Todd Greenberg, met with um the head of Foxtel, but I think after Todd, after Hugh Marks' statement last week and Peter Vland is going into, you know, damage control, um, I think that's quite telling. Obviously, at this time, you're not really going to be opening job applications for the position because I don't think you'll have anyone willing to fill it. But, yeah, I think long-term, definitely not going to see him remaining in that position. Yeah, and one candidate that I saw thrown out there was some that are, someone who I think is is a very smart man. He's he has some radical ideas, but you know Gus Gould is always talking about ways that he can fix a game, and you know give him one give him one year, and he'll be able to fix the refereeing ranks, and he'll be able to fix the product. And he came out and said that he doesn't want the job, but I can't see why he like if he if he has all these ideas, do it. Come on, prove yourself. I'd I'd love to see him in the job. Oh, yeah, but the the most radical idea that I saw this week was Phil Gould and Wayne Bennett in a combined position under um, Peter Volandis. Like, who is coming up with this stuff? Where is this coming from? <laughs> I I don't think... I don't think... Well, Gus has said he doesn't want the role. And you know what? If you're in the comfort of you have a podcast, um, you're on Channel 9, you have a cult following on Twitter, 
and you already have half the media hate you and criticize you. Imagine being parachuted into that job where every three years they're buying for the blood of the CEO anyway. Why would you do it? Why, like, why would you want the role? And just on this point of these whole media discussions, I think part of what we're seeing now is really the fallout continuing from Super League. You have Fox, you have Nine, you have uh, competing stories, and you can see it everywhere you look. Wherever you read, it's the spin from both sides, and ultimately all it's about is television broadcasting rights, and whoever is in the middle of it just seems to get trapped. No one has been able to manage the balance for years. The commission has probably caused more problems in this sense because it's independent, so news has less control over the game. And while we're on this topic of radical ideas of the week, can we just um, give a shout out to your hero, Nick Politis, Michael? Uh, Uncle Nick. I love Uncle Nick. I trust Uncle Nick with all things Roosters. He's never let me down. You know, we've had a couple of bad seasons here and there, but we always bounce back. And this week he came out with a radical idea that uh, given that this comp could only be 13 weeks long, this new competition... All teams should be stripped. All teams should start at zero again. Now, Emmanuel, I know that you don't like this, so I'm going to let you go first. Uh, well, where do I begin? Let me think. The 2019 grand final, about the 65th minute, um, six again, we'll restart the tackle count. Oh, no, we won't. No, we won't. Let's reset the play. No, maybe, yes, no, I don't know. No, we can't do it. We play on. We continue. Why should we restart the competition? Because the Roosters have no points. Because Trent Robinson rested Boyd Cordner knowing the coronavirus was coming. The coronavirus was coming. The Roosters knew there was a chance that the NRL season was going to be scrapped. Why am I meant to have sympathy for the um, back-to-back premiers that they might be at a disadvantage? Can you tell me? I, I don't see any logic behind it. I think it's ridiculous. And I want to know if the next round of the competition happens and it goes for eight weeks and then there's another outbreak of coronavirus and the Roosters, having learnt their lesson, demolish every team. They're sitting first on the ladder. They've got plus 154 points for and against. They're going to romp home for the minor premiership and then the competition's cancelled. Is Uncle Nick going to ask us to restart the comp? <laughs> Look, I get, I get what you're saying, but for the yeah, purpose, yeah. <laughs> for the purpose of dis, for, the, for the purpose of discussion, I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here. I actually agree with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here. The reason yeah. I think Uncle Nick has said this, the reason Nick Politis has said this, is because, yeah. like you said, the competition that was planned for the start of a season was a 25-round competition with four four weeks of finals, right? Now, yeah. we've already played two of those weeks, right? Yeah. The Roosters know that this is a long, drawn-out season. They've played 30 games, 30-plus games the last two years, right? The players, the, the players have been, you know, they had to go over to England at the start of every year. And I think where he's coming from is that we prepared for a season that wasn't this short, right? If you're condensing the season to 13 games, we would have tried harder in the first two games. And a lot of te- a lot of teams do this approach where they, they slowly build up. You know, some teams come out of the gate firing. Teams like Parramatta, teams like Penrith, the Storm were good 
to start the season, right? The Broncos, especially the Broncos, got off to a really great start. But it's the, the seasons, the, the way that I've, like, the way that last few seasons have played out, it's the teams who are able to build up over the season and then peak at the right times are the teams who end up winning. And that's been the Roosters, that's been the Storm. Cronulla did it in 2016, where they went on a huge run at, uh, between the middle and the back end of the season. You know, that's, that's, I think, where Uncle Nick's coming from. And I kind of understand it. I don't really agree with it. I, I don't think that you can strip teams of points. Uh, like you said, I think last week or two weeks ago, how can you tell fans that, you know, they've watched this product for the first two weeks of the season and nothing matters? It's like a game of whose lines it anyway. You know, it's like how, uh, the jokes how, are made up and the points do you, don't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How do you expect broadcasters to take your competition seriously if you're telling them that the two rounds they paid for, which were 13 columns, that those don't count? What about players that got injured? How do you tell them that those rounds don't count? How, what about players that got suspended? Should they be allowed to play? Latrell Mitchell debuted for Souths. Did he debut? These are the yeah. questions. These, these are, are these are yeah. the ridiculous propositions. Is he going to debut three times if the season gets cancelled again? And Uncle Nick says, "Let's restart the competition again." It's like it's so childish. It's like the I want to win, and so because I started this round badly, we're starting again, and then when I'm ready, we'll play. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, I disagree. The Roosters are on zero points. Whatever. Like you said, if the season cuts down to 13, if, the, if, the, if they're a good enough team, they'll prove themselves over those 13 rounds. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. The other, thing, the other thing that's sort of come out of this is the fact that, you know, players based in Sydney will probably have an advantage. Um, I saw the usual suspects that usually complain on the field now complaining off the field, Corbs. Yeah, one player who came out and said, there's no way I'm coming down to Sydney, there's no way I'm moving, is Darius Boyd. Now, the Broncos probably would be better if Boyd didn't play. So I don't know how big of a loss it is. But, you know, this is, this is one of the big issues. Darius, Darius is like, a, you know, he's a veteran of the game. He's been around for a long time. If he's, if he's speaking out and saying he doesn't want to come down, maybe people will follow his lead and that can cause an issue. But really, yeah. this is your livelihood. You know, if this is, we're in a situation where it's going to be difficult to get games on. And if you want to make a living, you need to come down and do this, right? If he yeah. wants to forfeit his game check and not pay, not get paid to play, uh, to be a part of the Brisbane Broncos, fine. Don't, be, don't get paid. Some young guy who, you know, there's Xavier Coates or Herbie Farnsworth in that, in the reserve grade for the Broncos, who would happily take his spot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, Cameron Smith's another one. And I'm a bit peed off by these interstate clubs who I think you're going to talk about in a sec. But, so, like, Brisbane and Melbourne have huge advantages over any Sydney team. And the second the tables are turned and the competition is going to be based in Sydney, because it is a Sydney-based competition, the moment the advantage is taken away from these out-of-town clubs there's suddenly this uproar that it's unfair. This is the competition we're putting on. You want to get paid. Everyone everyone has made changes to their lives. These are the circumstances we live in. 
they can't work from home. Everyone else can. They want to get paid. They want to be on TV. These are some of the things they're going to have to do. If they're, if they're conscious about it as a health thing, as a health issue, which it is, that's completely fine and understandable. But don't, if the NRL is coming to a solution that is, you know, they consider it to be healthy and experts and governments deem it to be healthy, then the players can't complain if they're slightly put out because, let's face it, everyone has been slightly put out by this. In the least, they've been slightly put out. Some have been more, way more affected than any rugby league player. Yeah, there's people within the NRL who, like, you know, the people who work for those teams who don't have a job at the moment because there's no product put on. Yet these guys are still, you know, getting paid some something and there's some outlook for them. I just, I think, yeah, I think Darius is just, he doesn't want, he doesn't want things to get complicated. He wants to be, wants to be comfortable and that's, no one's going to be comfortable in this situation. And that's the big issue. Another team yeah. that I'm actually a little pissed off this week, it's another clear team uh, on the other side of the border, is the Gold Coast Titans. Now, Quade Cooper is a Australian rugby union test star, one of the better players in rugby union, who's always shown a passion for rugby league. And he wanted to... I think he came out and said he wanted to play rugby league this season. And one of the destinations that it could have done is the, is the Titans. And apparently, Mal Meninga was okay with this. The Titans organization, however, has come out and said, no, we do not want Mal Meninga. We do not want Quade Cooper because it does not fit our long-term plans. Now, what are your long-term plans, first of all? The Titans, <laughs> the Titans are an absolute shit show. They've been a shit show for the last five years. Right? He Maybe would be, he would plan. Be, he would step onto the field and be their best player without having played a game of professional rugby league easily, right? And he would bring so much professionalism to that team that oh, it drives me nuts that they shut him down so quickly. He might be able to help them for their future plans. He might be able to help players like Ash Taylor, who has been an absolute disappointment considering the money he's on. I'm, Look, I'm, yeah. I, this, is, this is just I, like poor management. I, I take your point, but this is not a rugby union superstar coming into a well-established development club. This is not Sonny Bill coming to the Roosters. This is not. This is not anything like that. This this is a situation where you have a club that has failed with development since its inception in 2007. This club has signed big name players who have turned out to be massive disappointments. Barring their inaugural team of stars like Scott Prince, Scott Sattler, Preston Campbell, the high-profile signings that have gone to the Gold Coast have not really lived up to expectation. And from that point of view, I completely get the idea that a rugby union star could come in and save the club is probably not great. And for that reason, I'm not as critical of the Gold Coast as you. I think I think it's an it's a harsh criticism, and but I completely agree that they have no future plans. Yeah, this is my thing. I, I, they're saying that it hurts their future plans. I can't see them having any future plans, and this just seems like it might be a spark that kicks him in the right direction. They went after play. They went after you know David Fafita. David Fafita knocked them back. I think he took less money to stay, and he's going to stay with the Broncos by the looks of it. You know, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're a destination where teams don't want to go to because, one, their organisation is a mess, and two, the on-field talent is not there. 
That's a reserve grade squad. They scored, they scored 12 points in the first two rounds of the competition. Did they win games? No, they didn't. Did the Roosters? No. Yeah, just checking. Just <laughs> Thanks. Checking. Thanks. <laughs> um, but, okay, in all seriousness, having everything you said about the Gold Coast, why does Quade Cooper want to go there then? I think he wants the chance to prove himself in rugby union. And I think that's that in rugby league. And that's, that's a place... A lot of teams don't have cap space going into this season. I think the the Titans do have a bit of room and the can accommodate. Have room, don't they? Well, under our sombrero, we do, but we can't let yeah. that be known. And we we're set yeah. in the halves, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we think. Not sure yeah. about half lining, but think. we think. I I look. The other thing I don't really get is like you're he a player like that is a great draw card. But you're not drawing crowds anytime soon. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the one thing. thing. That's like, the one thing. He is a draw card, and you might get people tuning in. But you know, a game, a game like you know the Titans versus the Warriors. No one wants to watch a game. But if if it's Quade Cooper's first game, people might want to watch it. You know, people want to. People might tune in just to see things like that. He's an international star. People know him around the world. It might help the Titans. I don't know. I just. I think it's a missed opportunity. I just can't understand why they shut it down so quickly without inv- without really seriously investigating it. Was it a genuine story or was it one of these, let's put something out there to see a discussion? Who knows? Because it, I, might, it, might just, have been. it might have been and I've overreacted to it, but I'm running out of things yeah. to talk about. Oh, well, on that <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the company? No, it's all right. Um, on that note, I don't know where we're going to be sitting next week. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the, the where the comp's going to be. Who knows what's going to go on. When's the big meeting between um, Patrick Delaney, Hugh Marks, and Peter Volandis? Do we know? I don't think so. I thought there was supposed to be no. a scheduled meeting well, you know, at the start of this week, and we haven't really heard too much. Everything, every every day, there's some little nugget that's dropped in the media, in like through nine channel nine, and you know we're not sure whether you know they're trying to push their agenda. We're not sure who's right, who's wrong, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know if we're going to have yeah. answers by the next time we put out a podcast. Who knows? Um, I'm not yeah. sure. And in the meantime, the uh, biggest rivalry in rugby league is continuing once again with Dawson Phil Rothfield. Yeah, well, uh, Buzz seems to stir some controversy everywhere he puts his pen to paper. Um, not everyone yeah. likes him. He's probably probably one of the more disliked media members going around. Yeah. And Gus Gus let rip the other day, and I I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Gus is a sharp mind. He's got great record across three clubs, so and as a great player, so um, we will watch that continue until we see the real product. Um, but I think that's it from us for another week, Corbs. One, one more thing, just before we go: thoughts on losing the the bunnies, uh, losing their coach to your charity shield rivals, the Dragons. Wayne Bennett might be going yeah, back know. to Wayne, Wayne Bennett might be going back to the Gong. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where this 
stories come from mine. <laughs> I mean, South's put out this plan. South's see one thing I've realised about Wayne Bennett is as soon as the club that he's coaching has put some sort of succession plan in place, it doesn't take long for other stories to boil. South's put out a succession plan that Wayne will coach until the end of next year. Um, the current assistant coach, Jason Dimitri, will take over. Um, and suddenly there are the stories linking Wayne with St. George. Um, I think the people I can hear screaming right now are St. George supporters who aren't sure if they love Wayne for bringing the trophy to Cogra or if they hate Wayne because the state the club was left in after he left. But we've discussed this. We think Mary won't keep that job. Um, but you know what? It's April and he still has it, partly because there's no footy on. But um, I don't know what that rumour's about. Whether smoke is fire in rugby league, who knows? Um, the other story I read with that is that Latrell is going to go with him. Huh. Well, I heard, South, I heard that Souths were a bit worrisome about uh, paying that $800,000 extension that he's offered next, that he's supposedly been given next year. And based on what he did in the first two rounds, which was, you know, below what, below their expectations, they're a bit concerned about that hefty price tag, um, considering he hadn't made a full game through fullback and got shifted to the centers in his second game. Yeah. Um, Look, it's going to be like like we yeah. said at so, the start of the season. Latrell needs time, and this this hiatus is any it's it's probably the worst thing for him. This was the risk he took. He went to the market. He got the one year deal. The option, I believe, is actually in South's favour, so South can choose not to take it up. And this is the risk he took. He went there, but he was offered the money at the Roosters. He wanted to go to the market. He wanted to back himself. He thought he could get the higher price if he played himself into form. He hasn't had the chance to do that. And this is the nature of the contract. So, you know, if George wants to pay the money to take Wayne with him, if, if Wayne Bennett is going to St. George, I do not think that the first player he's taking is Latrell Mitchell anyway. I think there's a few other players in the South lineup that would like to follow him. Um, you think Darius Boyd might join him again? Well, he can't, Corbin, because that's south of the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm but sure, I'm, I'm thinking. Sh- I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more. James Roberts, Cody Walker. Yeah, those sort of players. Yeah, yeah. All right, Emmanuel. I think we're. I think we're done for this week, um, guys. Thank you again for listening, and thank you for those who reached out to us about our team of the year. Uh, team of the last 20 years last week i had speaking of crazy st george fans i had one uh berate me for not uh having jamie soward as my 5'8 he led the dragons to their premiership and <laughs> I, was, I was not expecting that as a roosters fan i can't stand jamie soward so it was nowhere near in the conversation for me we love all feedback um, he, jamie soward <laughs> jamie soward would not even Make the halves in the headgear team of this century. He'd be stuck behind Jonathan Thurston. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, thank you again. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, we're not sure what our podcast will look like next week, whether we come back with another gimmick, whether we just do another news one. We'll see. But, yeah, we we will be bringing you something.
Yeah, just keep sending through your feedback as well. We love it. Uh, we talk about it a lot. Let us know what you're thinking. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Make sure that everyone you know is listening to it. There's nothing better to do. We have beautiful voices. Give us a listen. And um, yeah, Corbs, how good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, Emmanuel.